0: Time for our series on New Zealand sporting history. To continue and a rare treat today, we have an Australian to remember a great moment in New Zealand sporting history. Joining me is a rugby player who's sometimes called Captain Courageous, Captain Insano by his teammates, uh, the Interceptor, his former World Cup captain and Wallaby Sterling Mortlock. And he's showing particular courage today because he's here to talk about the Bledisloe Cup. Uh, ahead of the 2023 clash at the end of this month, and particularly that game of the century. Hey there, Sterling. Hey, Jesse. mate. Good to be here. I um,
1: don't know if it's courage, mate, but certainly from an Australian's point of view, uh, it's been a long, long, long time since we've won the Bliterslow um, and I was actually on the field that day where Boogie kicked that goal. Oh. I had a full head of air, so that's how long ago goal was. <laughs> um, so, but, but it's sort of, you know, I guess there's been a, a number of um, machinations or reasons that have gone into us not being as competitive in New Zealand. But I think slowly over time, the last few years, we've, we've over time got a, a little bit more um, parity, I call it that. But yeah. we're still not there as far as, you know, our Australian teams in Super Rugby, in Provincial Rugby, consistently beating New Zealand teams. And that's what sort of needs to happen. But I think before that actually starts tipping over into Test Match Rugby, right. you know,
0: back to this side of the the side of the ditch. What's the dominant emotion now when you think back to that game of the century?
1: I was lucky to be
0: involved, to be honest.
1: Um, firstly, from my point of view, it was actually my first match ever against New Zealand. Um, so I was actually quite maybe frightens is not, not quite the right word, but certainly I was... I was there was a bit of fear in, 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 involved. It was my first time facing the Harker and I was, it was also going to be my first time marking Jonah Lomu um, in a test match, obviously, but um, marking him properly because predominantly I, I didn't play wing um, for the Brumbies or a, or a little bit of wing, but predominantly in the centres. So um, it was one... The whole entire week uh, stands out really in my, in my memory because it was just such a surreal week um i remember i had alan jones ring me up in the hotel phone and i thought it wasn't one of my teammates playing a prank um <laughs> but it but it actually wasn't <laughs> and alan was talking about back in his day when he was a coach back i think it was 83 wallabies um and there was a matt burke but not you know same name player and he was marking john and john Cohen back in those days was one of the most you know, the, the, the biggest winger of, 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 in that generation, yeah, yeah. right? And he was drawing the parallel between that and me, Mark, and Jonah. And even just that, to me at the time, I was like, my God, that was Alan trying to tell me how to mark Jonah. <laughs> uh, and I, my roomie at the time was Rofi. So I spoke to Rofi and said, mate, what, what are your thoughts? And Alan was in particular talking about, as a winger, have got to focus on Jonah more than defending with, 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 the, with the unit, with the backline unit. And so actually then after that, that was the catalyst to me. Again, you know, only playing enough handful of test matches, if that, going to the backs meeting and saying, look, should we change our defensive pattern um, so that I can focus more on Jonah? And it went round and, you know, Tim Lane was a backs coach and he actually said, that's a good idea still, though. Um, but no, <laughs> defenders a <are> unit. Anyway, <laughs> that, that game was an unbelievable game. Uh, Jonah, you know, certainly got the chocolates that day. He scored in overtime. Um and needless to say, when we played them in the return, uh, leg in Wellington. We did change our defensive pattern and I marks, I focused, focused on Mark and Jonah first and foremost. And that helped to, 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 get us across the line that day. But going back to that, that 2000, just unbelievable. So, uh, it was the Olympics year. We were hosting the Olympics later on that year. And so the stadium was configured to have maximal, maximal, maximal occupancy. And, uh, it was a, just shy of 110,000. You know, we went out and warmed up, um, but I did was not mentally prepared for the amount of noise that
0: came out when we ran out uh, through the dugout. I remember it. Experience. I remember it. We were watching at home on TV, and it was, and just the just the lead into that game it was incredible.
1: Yeah, it was just insane. So I, I was there, and I also had a, had a mindset that I really didn't want to. Um, stare down the harker or anything It was just just try to be as respectful as possible and I ideally didn't want to look at jonah uh that all went out the window because jonah was dead set opposite me and, and was staring me down as though he's gonna eat me for breakfast um, <laughs> so it was just it was just a surreal match um even before it began right so the hairs on my neck were standing up as i ran out i was just I could not fathom the amount of noise the output uh, at, the, at the venue yeah and then the, obviously the harker the next thing you know, we're trying to compose ourselves, pack our jerseys off. And literally the first eight minutes, New Zealand scored eight try- uh, three tries. Um, so I think it ended up being 24-0, I think a penalty as well, um, after sort of 10 odd minutes. And it was just crazy. And I, 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 after that, I think that the, when the third try happened, I remember looking at Roffy, for some leadership or guidance, because Rock was sort of a bit of a mentor, and as I said, we were roomies. And he just looked and shook his head and said, "I don't know what's going on." <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then, and then, Eelsy got us all in together. And Eelsy is, you know, amazing leader, one of our but most successful captains of all time. And and Eelsie is a big man, right? But he just stood there, really composed, and waited for everyone to connect with him, and then just had a few calm words in regards to. Hey, guys, New Zealand have played really well. They've scored three great tries that we have not put any pressure on them at all. And he almost said up that calmly. Um, and, and he said, so let's put them under pressure. Let's get the ball, retain the ball, and see how they, see how they go with pressure on them. Yeah. And then we went away in the back. The back spoke about our defence frailties that were happening. And um, the forwards did, did their thing. And literally, after kick-off, we either got it or as soon as we got the ball off the kick-off, we retained it for a long period of time. And then, surely enough, we scored...
0: Here's Jason Little having a go. Here's Gregan. Stephen Larkham. He has Mortlock for a try. He's away. That's a great request from the Wallabies. Larkham has just blitzed the New Zealand defence and Sterling Mortlock gets his third test try in as many matches.
1: And I think the ensuing one was at the line-out. So at half-time, I think it was 24-all. So it was just a helter skelter first half, and great tries too.
0: Half, a great, great back tries. I mean, I'm looking at the list of try scorers: Umanga, Alatini, Cullen. Real heroes here in New Zealand. You picked up two. You know, it's great running rugby, and so you'd be pretty happy with that first half as a spectator.
1: Yeah, I, I think you know we went off like, okay, we're in this game now. But I think as a spectator, you'd be like, what? Are, what is going on? You know, that some of the tries were, were insane, and and um, maybe um those tries it was a break boom straight to try it, it was like just rip the band out off tries as opposed to often you go build up build up build up yeah and then execute i think our tried before half time which i think did late score or maybe that was after half time There was certainly a few tries that while we've got where we did to, had to do that had to build up a lot of a lot of momentum and build up pressure and then eventually bang scored but yeah it was it was one that probably only matched my whole entire career where I walked off the field, we, we we lost, yet everyone was almost smiling, saying, my God, <laughs> that was an insane game, and we threw everything at it, and we lost, and that's okay. Whereas, you know, most guys, everyone's alphas, <laughs> doesn't matter, mate, if you lose, you're not happy. Um, that was not the case in that match. We literally just couldn't believe what just unfolded. Um yeah, And then, yeah, as you said, there was sort of the next day in the press, that, you know, even uh, back page of the paper in, in Australia and whatnot, calling the game of the century or the game they played in heaven. Um, <laughs> so it, it was sort of, uh, it was just amazing to be part of that. Um, and I still remember my uncle kept, you know, that headline, um, which had a shot of me scoring one of those tries as well. Um, so it was a pretty good introduction to, to players like cup matches from my point of view, and Unfortunately, you know, it, it couldn't maintain the rage. Um, but, yeah, as I said, uh, we did lose that, 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 that game. Um, yeah,
0: and, and we'll come to some of your match. successes. And, and, and right now, it might be hard. I'm talking to Sterling Mortlock, by the way. Um, right now, it might be hard for people to remember how dominant Australia were back then because it has been a bit of a, uh, a tough few years for the national team. But um, these matches, Australia versus New Zealand, I mean, I would be nervous. And uh, the week leading up to the test, you just, I'm sure, I'm sure you felt nervous as well. It, you know, it could have gone either way and both teams were capable of winning and those games were so close. 39-35, um, the uh, final score in that game of the century. And, and I will just have to ask you to indulge us and, and, and talk us through that final Jonah Lomu try as you remember it. <laughs>
1: well, what I recall
0: really vividly
1: was that... <laughs> Jeremy Paul scored a try in the corner, in the right hand corner, which looked like it might have sealed the game. So it got us to a, to to the lead. And I actually was off the field around about then. Um, so I had a I had a stomach virus uh, for sort of the night before, and was touch and go whether I was actually going to play the game. And then I had massive bout of cramps, calf cramps in my calf as well, calves. So because of that. You know, I came off with about I don't know, fifteen minutes to go or whatever it was, um, and I think Jason Little was on on the wing in you know replacing me. Well, actually, no, Andrew Andrew Walker was on, um, but 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 Litz was on there on the field as, as well at the end. It was just one of those things that we scored. We got we, we got our noses in front, and there was only a, a handful of minutes left, and we we're all on the sidelines going, "Oh, this this this, this is going to be awesome! This is going to be awesome!" And I remember someone saying, "Oh, JP." You know, from that match try, he's going to get a crazy bit of um, memorabilia or whatever. And we are all joking. And the next thing, New Zealand got the ball, mounted uh-huh. some pressure, and then, and then Jonah up the left-hand flank, you know, oh, off he went.
0: Shallow. Randall Randall up. Show-
1: The ultimate moment in this game, and it's been a game of moments for sure.
0: Jonah Lomu, some may say, the ultimate rugby player. With a game after his name, finished the deal loud and clear. What a pass. Randall pass. Lomu can't catch me. He's just too strong, too big. And what a way to finish the game. What a game of rugby this has been.
1: And we're like, No. No memory really for JP, you know nothing, boys. Um, <laughs> it, it was, it, it was, you know, bittersweet. But again, it was sort of an ode to Jonah, right? He he had a big stamp on that game.
0: Uh, I, I know he didn't score when you were marking him, Sterling.
1: <laughs> yeah, I can I can probably claim that, but uh, I'll, I'll give you the tip. In the first fifteen minutes, he did make a few breaks down my flank. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was left to see early days. I was sort of yeah. yeah anyway, okay. um, but yeah, it was it was it was phenomenal. And, and I you know swapped jersey to Jonah afterwards, and and it's one of the jerseys that I've always oh was, great honored uh, and whatnot. And unfortunately, he's not with us. But for my for my career and personally, to have to have been part of that game was amazing. But to have, to have marked the, the great man, the legend of all legends in our code
0: um, was awesome. Yeah, and um. Easy to remember that game, a triumph for New Zealand. But actually, as you say, um, we played against you again, 5th of August, my birthday, year 2000. I'm actually at this game in Wellington. um, And, gee, you had a great game there as well. Scored another try, Sterling, and kicked pretty well too. Although, as I recall, it wasn't you who had that final kick.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's a bit of a theme. So certainly from from early in my career, I guess I guess, holistically, um, I am a big sweater. I, I haven't met <laughs> anyone who sweats more than me. Um, actually, Tom Bowman. Tom Bowman was the only person player that ever sweated more than me. But that's, but that's literally hundreds, probably maybe thousands of people that I've trained with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I had a lot of problems with cramps building really in my career. Um, and this is another game where I had to come up with cramps. Um, and it is the worst, most humiliating way to come up a game. But when your calves go and you really can't run, I always thought about the opposite way. Imagine if I lose a test match or we lose because I, I, I can't do my job. Uh, I miss a tackle because I'm just not there. Um, so this game, unfortunately, with about probably, I don't know, five to go or ten to go, I had to come off. And it was it, it was in the cake tin. It was windy. It was an arm wrestle of a game. Uh, the lead went backwards and forwards, forwards throughout the match. And actually, really late in the game, we got a line out and Bernie Larkham instead of running it, he actually kicked it. Um, and, and kicked it long and found touch. And we we're on the sidelines going, Oh my God, I can't believe he just kicked it away because there was only a, a minute or so left in the game. Yeah. Or maybe a little bit more than that. Then our line out stole that, that possession. And that led to us, um, grinding away to, 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 to the 22 where we got the penalty. Now, Johnny was pointing to the six straight away and walked away. And that's where Jeremy Paul, again, JP, pretty, pretty, uh, pretty, pretty fast on the street, knows what's going on. He went straight up to him and said, mate, load's off. You've got to keep your in." <laughs> and that's what he did. Mate, he just, nonchalantly as the Zealzy is, just went about his business. He didn't hit it perfect, but it was never missing. So it wasn't, it wasn't spinning end over end on a, on a perfect hit, but it was never missing. Uh, started at the right post and curved straight in. And again, I was on the sideline, but we were all just like, wow, that was just, phenomenal way to win a match uh, and given the fact that probably at the time when Bernie kicked that, that ball out we were like, I can't believe he did that, so it was sort of a real mixed rollercoaster ride of emotions at the end as well um, but amazing game again
0: Yeah, and, and pretty significant in the scheme of things, once again we like to remember that that one game at uh, Stadium Australia um, but that year, I mean that was enough for Australia to win the Tri-Nations that year and what, retain the like Cup. Do I have that right? Correct. Yeah.
1: And, and that was back in the, in the era, as you said, where there was only two, two matches. Um, for me, I actually didn't mind two matches. Yeah. Um, because it means if, if you actually win the Blitterslay, you genuinely earn it. You've got to win both test matches. Yeah. Or, do, you know, so, or three. But I think anything beyond that to me, um, Agreed. I think it wears, wears out, wears out the, 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 the tradition and the prestige and how hard it is. Yeah. Um, and as history has proved, that you know, in the last twenty odd years, more than twenty years now, you know, we haven't even been able to retain it, even there's you know three or four bladders those So
0: yeah, so um, let's so let's skip. I'm talking to Sterling Wartlock. Um It's a general bladders load cup uh, chat. Um, also, sort of focusing on that game of the century, but also some of uh, Sterling's highlights in those uh, Trans Tasman match So let's jump through to two thousand three. Um, we we won that uh, tri nation series. This is a World Cup year. We won the tri nation series pretty convincingly. I don't see your name on the score sheet um, for that uh, tri nation series. Um, wh- what do you recall of that series?
1: Yeah. Um, so I had a shoulder reconstruction uh-huh. that year. So in, in the Super Rugby match, I can't even remember the game, to be honest. Um, I did my shoulder. And because it was a Super Rugby, uh, oh, sorry, World Cup year, and obviously a home World Cup. We knew I needed surgery, so went to this went to the surgeon and said, "Okay, repair it as much as you can, but you can't do a reconstruction because not, I'm not going to make it back mm. for a, for a reconstruction." Anyway, uh, I woke up from the surgery. Surgeon said, "Good news and bad news. Good news is I did not do a full reconstruction, <laughs> so you know you're not going to be. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not a six month layoff. Bad news is you need it." <laughs> and, he said, I don't see there's any way you've been able to play without having a reconstruction. I was like, "Jeez, that's great news, Doc. And <laughs> um, so then, so then we, we spoke to the Wallaby doctor and everyone else and, and literally said, okay, I've got to get a full reconstruction. And that just means my window extremely tight. More than likely, it's going to be hard for me to get to the World Cup. So that was my world. Uh, so I had a huge amount of rehab and focus on getting my shoulder in back in significantly less time frame than what normally would happen mm. um, it, back in those days you know this is, this was is 2000, 2003 the lucky thing for me and this is the irony of it was that I had it to short construction in 2001. i have been through the whole entire process and it took me a long time to come back It took me about nine months or so and I but I'd, I'd, I'd learned exactly what I needed to do to get back in a really short time frame and my physio that I had up in Sydney, um, basically, that was Mal Brown. He, he was a former Wallabies physio, former Waratah's physio. And, you know, I had him at disposal almost 24-7, but pretty much, you know, three to five times a week, I'd be in his practice doing anywhere from two to three hours of physio, intense physio. So that's what helped me get me back. But, um, in regards to that, but as though cup match, I remember going to Stadium Australia, um, to watch the, the Sydney one. And it was just, from recollection, I don't, nothing really stands out in, in, in memory, really sticks out, other than the fact that the New Zealand team were on fire. Yeah. And scoring at will, and in particular, I think, um, put, put 50 on us. I, I think it was 50-odd to... It
0: was, yeah, 50-21. It,
1: yeah, it was it was a sizable win. And uh, as I was part of the crowd, I mean, everyone in the crowd just thinking, oh my God, um, World Cup's only three or three or so months from now. Everyone was, you know, bitterly disappointed. And actually, because I wasn't in wallaby camp, I I, I don't know what our reaction certainly was at the time either. Um, for me at the time, um, rehabilitating my shoulder, that was, that was fuel for my fight, to be honest. Mm. I was just like, okay, I've got to get back. I've got to do everything I can to get back in this team. Um, I, I know I can help, but I was a long, long, long way away at that time
0: so to november and the 2003 rugby world cup how was australia feeling going into that into that tournament
1: i think going into the tournament um, we we weren't feeling too bad because there had been some mixed results however we knew that we had the quality the cattle and and the game plan and the, the smarts to, to beat any 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 team on the night and we had done a hell of a lot of work um, in preparation for this home world cup so in particular we had sort of pigeonholed that more than likely new zealand in the semi-final was going to be our, our, our toughest match and mm. um, that was more than likely going to be it so a lot of the preparation leading to the whole entire world cup was based a lot on what the skills and what we, the attributes that we needed to have to take down the Kiwis. Right. Um, and we really didn't deploy them until the semi-final happened. Because I'd come back from my shoulder injury, I was, I was underdone. Um, so I was still working hard in care yeah. to get my, my shoulder 100%. Even though I had played club a, a, a club match or two for Gordon to get myself approved to be the ticket for fitness, Eddie and the coaching staff, you know, um, it was actually <laughs> another Eddie story. Um, leading into the first first pool match was against Argentina and Eddie waited for, for that week to have a proper conversation with me around my fitness and, and what, what he thought and he just said, mate, you know I still feel like you're injured, mate you know, he, mm-hmm. he just sprayed me and I was like, well, where, well I didn't say this directly to his face but <laughs> I was thinking, we've been in camp for over a month I would have, wouldn't have minded you telling me this
0: a little bit earlier yeah
1: because, you know, and so then he's like, say, you got to do a really accelerated contact program, mate. you got to be doing extras every day on your shoulder, yada, yada, yada. And so, again, it was sort of I had to, uh, you know, work work my backside off with a defensive coach, a strength and conditioning coach, and do everything in my power to just do a lot of contact work to uh, – and, and at the time, I didn't think personally my shoulder was no good, but perhaps I was favouring it. Um But that work for me personally just – I guess helped fuel the fire for when I actually got an opportunity. And really, I didn't get a start until the first quarter final, which, uh, looking back on it, was pretty brave from Eddie. Uh, Matt Burke was Matt Burke was um, playing thirteen in that year um, for, for both the Waratahs, and then he got picked for the for the Wallabies. So um, you know, Burke is a world class player, um, and he hadn't done anything wrong, um, which is probably more the thing that I think it was a pretty. Gutsy call from Eddie, yeah. but by the time he did pick me as a starter in, in, in that quarter against um, against Scotland, as I said, I'd done so many so much hard yards both to even get into the squad, but then again in camp to to get that opportunity, I was categorically going to take it. And um, yeah, we had a good match against Scotland, and then that, that that paved the way to it to the big semi final against the Kiwis.
0: Tight game, eh? Tight game, New Zealand Australia. Just nothing like that one we were talking about earlier in 2000. Um, lots of penalties, lots of grind, except for one particularly memorable try. I've got this footage here. Uh, apologies to New Zealanders listening. And it's New Zealand in possession. Spencer again. Intercepted. Mortlock. They are going to make hard work of it. Rokotoko's chasing, but he can give up. Mortlock gets the first try. Linked at the field, against the run of play, Australia 5-0. So talk us through that moment, the intercept, Sterling. Yeah,
1: well it's something I still get asked about consistently by probably Australian supporters. And any Kiwi I meet says more like I bloody hate you for that moment. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so it's so it's so it's nice that I did something in my career that everyone rem- remembers for for a good reason. Yeah, I should, should add. I, I guess going back to what I said uh, initially, part of the focus was to I, I was I guess on top of that was take New Zealand out of their comfort zone, and, and that was mentally take them out of the comfort zone as well as physically.
0: Yeah,
1: but that was to take more line speed in defence and off that that play in particular, I'm pretty sure it was a line out. Yeah, it was a line out and they rumbled around the corner and de Takiri there's sort of a rumbling maul or whatever around the corner. Lotte Takiri's blond wing was was unleashed, which then meant me as thirteen, I was free to, to do whatever I felt. Um at the time I, I was only trying to really go and smash the second wave play. But when, when Lossy sort of just I guess, you know, showed that he was gonna throw long, I, I just slightly deviated my line um and it, and it was a sweet pass um for me and the first thing i thought was you know because because i had that long layoff from my shoulder reconstruction i've done a lot of work on speed and a lot of work on as much of my strength as i could without doing too much on my shoulder um but i was focusing on my technique of my knee knee lift um at halfway because i was thinking straight away Jericho Batoko, Doug Hallett, are chasing me. Yeah. They're the 2 fastest guys <laughs> in world rugby. I don't want to look like a bloke that's got no pace. <laughs> I was so sure they were going to catch me. Um, and I probably about the 22 mark looked back to see where they were and realised they weren't going to catch me. And then I actually, uh, I don't know how, i don't know why I did this, but I guess because home crowd and bloody noisy, I actually yelled out the top of my lungs. Uh, even before I'd scored, you could sort of see, on the footage, my mouth's open. It's <laughs> open because I'm, I'm, I'm going Woo! or whatever I was doing, <laughs> and then I scored and slid under. And the reason I did this nice slide was actually the week before, which was my first start in the World Cup. I did, it, I got a try and I did a mad swan dive. And for a guy coming back from a shoulder reconstruction, yeah. so that's not, that's not probably the thing you should be doing. Um, and straight away, Martin after the doctor came on and said, "Mate, if you do that again, Eddie's told me he's going to pull you off." <laughs> And I said, "Tell Eddie if I scoring again, I'm going to do it again. My shoulder's strong as an ox." <laughs> <laughs> and he, I don't think he conveyed that message, but um, <laughs> but I got it loud and clear that I wasn't going to talk chop myself and do a mad spawn dive this time. So I just slid down nicely, and then uh, yeah. you know, Lottie, Takiri and, and Michael Sutter were, were right there on the spot. And I think I, I couldn't help myself; I pointed to the crowd or something. And yeah. um, you know, it was pretty pumped. It was it was
0: a it was a big moment. Um, it was the in a, moment in, in a big game. Thank you. For all those moments, um, even though some of them are traumatic, you, um, more than anyone, I think, capture the magic of what Blederslow Rugby is, Sterling. We really appreciated your time today, and and we hope that the Australians are back to the sort of form that we've been talking about today soon, because we love those matches, and the closer the better as far as I'm concerned.
1: Yeah, no worries at all, Jesse, and I totally agree. Um... That's what makes players Lows amazing. amazing. Um, when they are on a knife edge and it can go any way at a depth. It, it yeah it pains you when you're the team that goes down. But it's what it makes it special. What makes it special. And um, fingers crossed, eventually, I know you won't like this, but it needs to come across this other ditch so that our um, generation can actually touch that trophy over here.